Hello and welcome to the Grappling with Fatherhood podcast. Uh, my name is Blake Cosmeyer. I am a jujitsu black belt and a father. Still feels weird to say that, man. Uh, father of two small kids. Uh, my co-host is Uday Malhotra. What's up, everybody? Uday Malhotra here. Uh, BJJ black belt and father of two beautiful little girls. And you guys know the routine. This is a podcast where we talk about parenting, jujitsu, and the lessons learned in each and where they sometimes overlap. Uh, Uday, how's uh, how's your week been, man? You know what? It's been a pretty good week. You know, um, Malena decided to enter the science fair. And um, this has been a several week process for us. She, we just, she turned it in earlier this week. She got judged and we went to go see kind of all the projects today. And I don't think you, like people may think they've experienced the seventh level of hell, but you haven't until you've experienced your child being in the science fair because getting them to do this project on their own is like pulling teeth. It's like, I love my daughter so much and getting her to focus and work on this project. There were tears, Blake. There were tears and they weren't all her tears. Damn it. <laughs> they were tears, dude. And so, um, so what yeah. was the project? So she, I, I will say I'm very proud of the way it culminated. Um, it, despite the Rocky road. So her project, she came up with this on her own was, um, to find out if the color of mold will match the color of the food it's attached to. So she had a orange, a tomato, and a piece of bread and left it out, which is awesome, and let the mold in her house. And um, her hypothesis was, yes, the orange will turn, the orange will have orange mold, the tomato will have red mold, and the bread will have brown mold. It was brown, it was uh, wheat bread. Of course, she, I mean, her hypothesis was uh -huh. incorrect, but she, in her conclusion, correctly stated that I think that moisture has more to do with the color. And she tied it into real world connection. And I'm super proud of the way it turned out. And it was a rough road getting there. Oh my God, it was a rough road. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I, so we, we went oh, today to, to go. Um, well, hey, congratulations on making it to the other yes. side of that, dude. Thank you, man. Thank you. You know, we went today to to yeah. look at all the projects. And, and there were some really good ones there. There were some that looked like they had a little bit more parents help than others. Not hating. I get it. I get it. <laughs> and um, the teacher that was sitting there was a fourth grade teacher. And she's like, our fifth grade teacher. And she's like, hey, you know, third grade's optional. Second grade's optional. Fourth and fifth grade not optional. You got to do it. And I was like, wait, what? I'm not done. This has to happen again. Oh my gosh. So, so we're going to have to do this again next year or next couple of years. And, you know, look, despite the Rocky road, we're excited for her to, you know, continue to get inspired by what other people have done and kind of, you know, just get better and better at this. And it was as Rocky of a road as it was, it was still, you know, there were fun moments of it. So yeah, um, that's kind of where we're at today. Okay. Um, go ahead. How how are you doing, man? Uh dude, I am uh I'm itching to I haven't trained in over a week. Uh probably I'd say like 8 or 9 days. 
and I'm I'm going crazy. Um, oh, I gosh. I got tattooed a week ago, uh, which is great. And I like this is planned. You know, I my tattoo artist is only in town once or twice a year. We're working on a big project together. This is all kind of in the cards. And I always tell people like, hey, man, if you're planning on training jujitsu for the rest of your life, taking a few weeks off to get a tattoo is probably a good thing. It's like forced recovery. Um, back to an episode you know, about, about burnout tattoos are actually really great, um, for helping prevent burnout because, uh, it gives you a nice little deadline, um, to race to, um, or a finish line to race to, or, you know, Oh, okay, cool. I've got a little break coming up for a couple of weeks. Um, but it sucks. (laughs) It's just such a bummer. I'm such a, uh, yeah. I was going to say, you think it sucks for you? It sucks for me. My training partner just can't train with me right now. <laughs> I know, I know. That's annoying. I know. I miss you, buddy. Thank you, dude. Yeah, I'll be back on the horse. You know me. Um, and in the meantime, you know, you're know, like, oh, everybody's getting better than me and like whatever. But, um, you know, I'm still working out. Uh, I'm still staying fit uh, and doing the best I can. And then, you know, other than that, like, I think our family yeah. is finally getting out of the post-holiday funk. Uh, as of recording this, this is – yeah uh 9 52 p.m on a thursday night in january january 25th and i think that we are finally back in the swing of things after good. the holidays um which feels it good takes a minute. yeah it takes a minute doesn't sure, it dude. it's crazy and that's something like people don't yeah. tell you about having kids i think it's just like we talked about this before man how stressful the holidays are yeah, yeah. you know we actually had to plan a like a little staycation after the holidays to recover from the holidays. And it was such a good idea. Yeah. Van planned it and we went out to Idlewild. And I think I mentioned this. Did I mention this last time in the okay, last that's, podcast? That's not a staycation. Went out to that's, that's a vacation. Just for that's not a staycation. <laughs> that's you went you went right, to a destination right. in the it, mountains it, it, and stayed at a place yes. that wasn't your home. And there was snow. Correct. Correct. <laughs> okay. Yes. And it took like three hours to get there. Yeah. Yeah. And let me tell you something. So the entire three hours there, well, closer to three and a half, the entire three and a half hours there, and the majority of the two hours back, I um, was listening to Taylor Swift on repeat. <laughs> and this, this is my, I'll be honest, look. This is my first true introduction to Taylor Swift. Everybody knows Shake It Off. And if you're a girl dad listening to this and you haven't been introduced to Taylor Swift, just wait. It's coming. It's coming. And if you have, you already know what's coming here. So, you know, I I knew a Taylor Swift song, but then this like five-hour car ride, I heard a lot of Taylor Swift. And listen, I'm not going to lie. Some of it's pretty catchy. I, I was vibing to Taylor. I was vibing. And so Milena went around to her school telling all her friends and in front of like parents, like, like, yeah, me and my dad, my family, we're Swifties. We're all Swifties. And I'm like, let's just pump the brakes on that <laughs> a big, little bit. It's big not, statement. But you know what? I, I, I took both the girls to the Taylor Swift movie last weekend and they fucking loved oh, it. Wow. And it was such a great, just like a little bonding, you know, a little bonding with the three of us. And Van got to have a like, nice quiet 
afternoon to herself on a Sunday. And, um, yeah, I got to hang out with the girls and, you know, do what they wanted to do. And it was, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, dude. That's, I mean, Taylor Swift is like an economy probably bigger than like a third of the states in America. Um, so I, I don't think there's any shame in saying that you enjoy her music. Uh, no. A lot of people do. <laughs> she's a powerhouse, dude. Yeah, it's, just don't, just don't play it at the gorilla. Done. I, I was vibing. I, I was listen, <laughs> listen, dude. Rumor has it. Taylor Swift listens to this podcast. <laughs> Taylor, shout out to you. Yeah. Uh, right on, dude. Um, I think, you know, yeah, this, this kind of segues into, um, in, in an interesting way into our topic this week, which is, uh, adaptation. <laughs> um, you in that car, uh, adapting yes. your musical style to that, that suits your family, um, yes. or me adapting my fitness needs to what's happening with my body. Um, yes. parenting and jujitsu has a lot to do with adaptation. And, uh, I think you, you set this up first to talk about, uh, adapting in, in jujitsu. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think the most obvious thing, we are both men of 40 years and up. <laughs> so, yes. you know, the questions become how you're, you're, you're fighting people, man. Like, what are you doing? And so how does, yeah. how does it, we both, we've both been training for well over, well, you well over 10 years, me just about 10 years. Yeah train a lot different now at 40 than I did when I was 30. So what kind of adaptations uh, do you think you've made as you've gotten older? Man, I think it's, it's so important. You know, I, I was actually inspired to do this episode because I saw a friend of mine um, get injured in training uh, a couple weeks ago. And um, I was really, really bummed for her because I know she had aspirations of coming out of the gate strong and competing this year. And, she totally still can at some point, right? She she will, and she will do well. And, um, you know, she's a black belt, and she was rolling with a blue belt. And, um, you know, she injured herself. From what I heard, I didn't I didn't see it. I I know other people heard it happen. Um, I was in the room, but I didn't see it. And what I heard is she, she heard herself going for a submission. And um, it kind of made me think about, how do I roll, right? Like, how do I roll as, to your point, as I age, as I get better, and as I roll with, like, people of different, of varying, like, skill sets? And, um, and, and I had to think a little bit critically about that, right? Like, how do I, how do I want to roll? How do I, how do I actually roll? And I think when I sit down and think about it, and I think about how I roll with, like, white and blue belts, I've a while back made a conscious effort to, for most white and blue belts to not give an absolute shit how like if how the match goes uh -huh. for me right like i couldn't care less and really when i'm rolling with white and blue belts it's about just experimenting like just try something new that i suck at and just just see what i can add to my game right like maybe if something's going to stick maybe it won't but just experiment and that makes it more fun for both of us, right? Like if I roll like a black belt with a white or blue belt, they're not going to have any fun. I'm not going to get anything out of it, right? They're not going to get anything out of it. But if I bring myself to a place where I'm a white or blue belt in a certain move or position and I experiment and play and play and play and play, maybe I can get something out of that. Maybe I can 
glean, maybe I can pick up a new move. Maybe they have a chance like, oh man, I'm about to pass Uday's guard. Like, ah, it's almost there. There it is. You know, like it becomes more fun. Right. And so, you know, purple belts, it's, it's really about finding the techniques I like and refining them. What, what, because these guys are a little bit more refined themselves. Right. And so like finding those ways of getting better at those techniques that I really, really like. And then brown black belt, it's, you know, that's when I go hard. Mm-hmm. And with specific black belts, present company included, <laughs> that's when I try and go to war, <laughs> yeah. right? Like certain black belts, I will like, I'll go hard with, right? The, the people I trust, the people I know, the people I know are okay with that. The people I know that will give it back to me, right? Yeah. And so, um, and that's not to say my friend was going ape shit on this blue belt. I, I Like I said, I, I don't think she was. She, she doesn't do that. But, you know, when I'm with a, blue belt I, I i try and just like play play more right like yeah. um i mean to just uh, just anecdotally to that that story you know uh, yeah. uh we have a mutual trading partner and uh when he started trying to heel hook me i took it as such a sign of respect i was like wow i've i've like <laughs> i've pushed him to the point i've threatened him to the point where he treats me as an equal you know <laughs> like where this is what he's trying to do to beat me because i put him in the hole um because he's a he's a black belt at our academy he was a, a brown belt uh, at 10th planet um and so yeah i was like all right yeah um <laughs> i felt yeah. good about that you're gonna ask me who he's it bringing was out the big guns for yeah, you. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah i know who it is yeah i know who it is. um i actually so it's funny you say that because i had a very similar um uh yeah. i had a very similar reflection but just kind of a different way of getting there um when i was coming up um at white blue purple um there was this guy at my old academy this guy james uh james appleberry uh shout out to appleberry plumbing if you're in the san francisco area um and james um was really good he's a blue belt nogi world champ um he uh you know trains with a lot of MMA guys, uh, you know, Jake Shields, Gilbert Melendez, like all those kind of guys, the scrap pack, fair text guys. And um, James, what yeah. he did so well was he was just 10% better than me at every stage. So he was never, he could, he, and he yeah. was uh, like, when I was a white belt, he was a blue, and then just got his purple belt. And then when I was a blue belt, he was a purple, just got his brown belt. And then kind of like all the way up, like, you know, he's, he's ahead of me and he's, he was, just significantly better than I was, but he never put it on me like, like crazy. He always just put it on me like just 10% better than I was. And it made me, it was, it was, I I always uh, aspired to have that kind of throttle to be able to say like, yeah, Oh wow. Like you don't have to be, you know what I mean? It doesn't have to be crazy. Like you can just be that much better. Um, you should never be a light switch, yeah. right? You should be a yeah. dimmer. Yeah, ooh, I like that. Right? And, and I know a lot of people who are night, light yeah. switches, and and eventually, eventually that that goes away. Yeah. You know, like to your point earlier, like as we age, you can't be a light switch anymore. You got to be a dimmer. Yeah. yeah, dude, that's yeah, it's very true. Um, I was also going to say that, like, um, you yeah. know, as I get older in, in the game, I think. I still, I mean, I still train very hard and I still train very athletically. I'm, I'm lucky that I'm still able to do that. Yeah. Um, I've been injured a lot. Yeah. I know I have uh, a sensitivity to where injuries happen for me. 
right? That isn't to say that they're not going to happen again or that like I have some kind of like secret mojo to be like, oh, I'm not going to do that because I know I'll get hurt, but I can do this over here. You know what I mean? But I just have a sense yeah. like there's certain positions. And so like, for example, if I'm training with a white or blue belt and we get in 50-50, um, I'm going to say, hey, uh, let's let's readjust. <laughs> like, you know, like I know yeah. you don't know and what you're doing right now. And I know this could go really bad. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, just having that, that kind of, um, that perspective on where you are, I think is, is important. Um, and then, uh, one thing I respect a lot more as I got older in terms of adjusting, um, is, is, uh, or adapting rather is, is rest and recovery. So I respect yeah. recovery a lot more you, now than I used to. You read my mind. I was just going to ask you that. I was just going to ask you what, um, you know, how, how have you adapted, right? As you got, you know, you have a pretty busy life, yeah. dude, you know, and, and your life has evolved quite a bit in the time that I've known you. And it certainly over the past, like five years, one kid, then two yeah. kids, new job, new city, right? Like new training partners. You've had a lot of evolution and, and change in your life over the past five years. How have you kind of adjusted alongside that lifestyle change, right? Yeah. Here's one thing. I've, I, I've learned to identify the difference between being tired and being fatigued. So like if I'm tired, yeah. that means I didn't get sleep. That means I probably have a lot of mental stress going on. That means um, I may be lethargic because I've been sitting at my desk all day or whatever yeah. it is. If I'm fatigued, that means I trained hard too many days in a row and my body needs rest. And if I'm tired, I can still show up, you know, but if I'm fatigued, like, like deeply fatigued, I know that it's probably not going to benefit me to go. Um, that said, I mean, I there's there are rarely any days where i show up and i'm I, I can i can't think of any you know of days that i show up and say oh i wish i hadn't done that i mean i i always like going but i just know that um if i go in tired i know hey you still have it's like i know i still have a quarter of a tank right and if i go in fatigued like that's when that's when you know stuff kind of starts getting not good where it's yeah. like you know you're getting yeah. beat by people you shouldn't get beat by and not in a way that's like I'm learning a lesson in a way that you kind of feel disappointed with yourself. And, yeah. you know, that's when injuries happen. So it's kind of learning how, for me, it's like learning that, that weird fine balance, you know, of what those things are. Um, totally. You know, one thing I was, what, go ahead. what is your kind of, go ahead. No, you go, oh, you go. I was going to ask you a question actually. Okay. Um, well, let me ask. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Let me ask you something. What is your your philosophy on, you know, just train through it, right? You're gonna have your good days, your bad days. You're gonna there're gonna be days that you're tired, and the days that you're tired, you just gotta train through it. And if you do agree with that, do you think those are the days you try and go as hard as you can, or do you think those are the days that you peel it back a little bit? What what are you, which kind of general? Thoughts yeah, so this actually ties into something I was I wanted to talk about in terms of adaptation, which is like adapting to injuries. Because mm -hmm. um, yeah. I, I like my old homolo used to call me crazy because I would I would hurt my shoulder and I'd come in and I'd be like, "Cool, I'm just going to drill passing open guard," and I would just sit there 
every, and I, I would try and drill the te- do the technique. And then during the rounds, I would just find somebody, um, to partner up with me. And I'm like, Oh, I'm sorry, dude, you're just going to be my, my passing dummy today. And uh, don't worry, you could, you could drill yeah. on me too. Yeah. And I would just, I would just drill, 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 drill for, for however long people were rolling. Um, because that's what I could do that day. Um, and so, yeah. you know, and sometimes that worked to my benefit and sometimes that didn't work to my, my benefit. Um, because, you know, sometimes what ends up happening if you keep training injured is that you start making adaptations that are bad. And I would just call this picking yeah, up bad habits. Totally. Um, and yep. you know, that could be just like always being a little bit injured. And so you're never able to really find that sharpness that you want when you, when you want it, uh, which is what I, which what started to happen to me with some of this stuff is that like, I would always be a little bit banged up. And so I'd, you know, I'd, I was like, Oh man, it's been like two months of this. And I, everybody's just kind of going easy on me because I'm the always hurt guy. Um, you know, yeah. maybe this wasn't the move, but then there are times when you're like, um, I mean, like right before uh tournament this year, this last year, I kind of tweaked my shoulder and, um, yeah. And I like, it was like a week out before the tournament and I went to the garage and picked up a kettlebell and I'm like doing some, some shoulder presses, feeling it out. I'm like, okay, this hurts, but like, this isn't going to be the injury that stops this. Like, this isn't going to be the, the right. excuse that I have this week to not be good. I, and I'm like, that's yeah. some dumbass David Goggins shit, but it fucking works sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. this isn't going to, yeah. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be this thing's bitch today. And sometimes that's yeah. necessary. Yeah. Um, you know, I, there's a, I think there's a, a tendency in like our like quick scroll social media, like, you know, uh, whatever, public sphere to be very binary, right? It's either like, Hey man, like absolutely have compassion and love for yourself or Hey man, like, you know, fucking Jocko Willink and Dave Goggins and like go hard as fuck. And like the reality is like the, the real wizard is the person who knows how much of how, what the right doses of each of those things are because going all the way to either one of those extremes you don't you either don't achieve anything or yeah. you can't sustain what you achieve. So like real mastery yeah. is somewhere in the middle. And that's what a, that's what a fucking wizard is. Dude, you perfectly said, so. perfectly said, I'm passionate dude. about this one. Um, you know, I, um, during, I think we talked about this before, maybe you and I have just talked about it, but you know, I, I, was training for tournaments quite a bit over the last like year or two. And I was going really, really hard. I was just like going ham. I mean, with you, you were one of the people I was going really hard with. And, um, and then over the holidays this past year, I was like, oh man, I kind of got to tune it down a little bit. I'm just kind of going through it right now, physically, a little emotionally, you know, like I just kind of want to, but I don't want to miss anything. So I'm going to tune it down a little bit. And now, here we are in January, end of January, 2024. And I'm like finding it as it to be an effort to turn the dial back Mm -hmm. up, you know? And so I'm like, I don't, I didn't think it was going to be this hard to turn the volume back up. And I'm like, yesterday I was training. I was like, I caught myself. I was like, this is holiday Uday training. You're going holiday pace. You need to go, 
you know, you need to go like April pace, <laughs> like pick it up a little bit, dude, you know, yeah. like, and so, um, I had to like call myself out. And when I did that, I was like, see, it's, it's, it's not that big of an effort. You can do it, you know? And so it's like it, turning the switch, turning the dial sometimes takes a little bit of work for me. And that's why I asked, I was just curious yeah. what your stance is. And I think you articulated it Yeah, very if I well. could just compliment you. you for a second, like, you know, uh, Owen and I came by your place this weekend, um, just cause yeah, Saturday yeah, was great yeah, yeah, for guys. sure. We'll probably be there again this weekend. Like he, he, dude, he loves awesome. it. Um, I, and I ah. would say that you're, you know, I, I also got there at the end of probably an hour and change of yeah. rolling, but I think you're approaching that time very yeah. well and that you're like, cool, I'm going to use this to study and pick up new techniques. Um, where it's like, maybe yeah. you don't have the, maybe you don't have the fire, uh, to just really like, you know, drill down, but you're still, developing your knowledge, um, which is kind of like one of the cool things about the sport, right? Is it's just like so many different ways to get better and sometimes never end yeah, well. Yeah. And, uh, anyway, yeah. so I, I just, you know, I, and I always think that's cool, man. I think Thanks, it's cool man. that like as a black belt, who's as deep in as you are, and I've said this before that like, you're still acquiring knowledge and you're still thirsty for it. Right. Like, I think that's so cool. Um, Thanks, yeah, yeah. man. I appreciate that. I'll say this. I do have a confession to make about that. I, uh, shortly after you left, I went to the gym and I, I trained for another 45 minutes oh there. God. And, um, I, I just needed to get that, like that, you know, that volume up, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, and so I think, you know, this about me, I, I track everything. And so this year, one of the things I started tracking were the amount of submissions I get in a training session versus the times I tap in a training session. And, um, just cause I'm, you're a fucking you know, psychopath. That's I, why. I feel pretty, <laughs> Jesus I, know, I, I just like having the data and, and, you know, there's learnings about it. somebody asked me yesterday, like, what the fuck are you going to do with this information? Well, I think sometimes when I train, I'm like, ah, fuck it. Just take it. Let's reset, yeah. you know? And then sometimes I train and I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just going to dominate this person positionally and I don't need the tap. Yeah. But this is actually forcing me to be like, no, this is jujitsu. This is not wrestling. You, the goal of jujitsu is to find the submission, is to find the finish. Yeah. And it, it's, I've caught myself being complacent in the recent past. We're just not going for the finish. And I don't like that. And so I think that's a part of my game that I want to really strengthen is really finding those tight, efficient finishes, yeah. right? And so this is going to help me kind of identify that. And so I, I've been having fun with it, like tracking. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to learn more about those uh, those finishes, you can find them at BJJ <laughs> Fanatics slash yeah. slash uh, oh, Advanced smooth, Fundamentals baby, or whatever it is. What's, what's the name of the of – the, uh, Elite Black Belt Fundamentals. Yes, if you want to learn some of those sharp finishes the new day is talking about, you can get yourself a uh, a whole a whole instructional. Yes, soft plug. Yes. Um, Hoping <laughs> you know what I'll tell you this, Blake. I and I think you actually already know this. I'm working, I'm working on developing a part two to that series, nice. but in the gi. So um, stay tuned. Cool. Um, so my next question, yeah. I think, um, will help segue into the next section, um, which is to talk sure. about yeah. uh, adapting uh, your parenting style and adapting as a parent. Um, so the question I was going to ask you is that you've trained under a lot of different academies. Um, 
And I think it's interesting how you have to adapt every time you walk into a new school and particularly at your level, but also like there's a part of you that remains the same. And I think that's a lot like parenting. Um, But yeah, yeah, so I was curious of like how you manage adaptation when you like go train at it, you know, go train under, you know, when you went from, uh, you know, when you went to Cabrinha, when you, you know, went to legacy, like how was your, how did you adapt to new academies? Totally. Well, to actually clarify something there, I've actually only trained at three academies. I, I went from white to black under, under one roof at Hollywood BJJ, which is a Paragon Academy um, in Hollywood, California. Um, And then as a black belt, I moved over to Cobrinha and then moved here to Legacy. And that said, I think some people sometimes often get confused about this, about my kind of journey. Um, during my time from white to black at Hollywood BJJ, there were a number of head instructors that came in. And a number of these instructors were legends in their own right. And so it, it almost did, to your point, feel like I was at a different school every time a different instructor came in. And what was really cool about that was it did force me to be adaptable. It forced me to adapt and adapt to different styles. And I'll tell you this, dude. I think – I don't think. I know some of the most successful people I know in this world – understand the idea that change is inevitable. Change is always inevitable. Change can be scary. Change, but change is always inevitable. And those who recognize that the change is inevitable and who adjust accordingly are the ones that rise to the top. Yeah. And so during this time that I had all these different instructors come in, I almost treated it as like, all right, I'm a blank slate again. What you got? Show me, show me, show me. I'm going to force myself to be a total white belt under your your tutelage. I kind of want, I mean, not not literally a total white belt, right? Like, um, but I want to, I'm going to wipe my slate clean. I want to know what you got. Show me. And so it was cool. Like literally from white to blue, I had one instructor at that school, one head instructor. From blue to purple, another set. From purple to brown, someone who, added on to that set and then brown to black, a totally different That's person. Crazy. One person was consistent through that time. It was odd. Yeah, That's it was crazy. crazy. And the one person who was consistent through at that time was um, this guy, Sean Patrick Flannery. He was kind of the, the kind of consistent person there. And so my style is very similar to his style and he has very old school style. And so during that time though, I was adapting to Henry Aiken style. I was adapting to Frangia style, Jeff Glover, Bill Cooper, Rodrigo Antunes, um, George Oliveira, right? Like all these like really, really, really high level black belts yeah. and just learning it and starting from blank slate. So it was, it was really cool opportunity for me. And, and, you know, at the time, certainly I was, there were frustrating moments about it. Like, what the fuck? Someone new again? Like I was just, I was just starting to find my groove with this situation. Right. Like, but in retrospect, man, what a gift that was, what an absolute gift that was because it allowed me to absorb so much knowledge under these like amazing minds, you know? Yeah. Yeah, Dude, that's so sick, dude. Um, yeah. And then like that part of you that kind of like stays the same through all of it. Right. Even though you've adapted part of yourself and, you know, 
there's that that through line. So, I mean, I guess yeah. you know to to transition to our next section to talk about parenting. Um, you know, I asked I yeah. asked Becca. Um, uh, you know, as I do before we start these episodes, like, hey, babe, this is what we're talking about. Like, do you have anything to to add? Um, and I said, you know, she's like, okay, what's yeah. your topic this week? And I said, adapting. And she just kind of laughed. And she's like, oh, like, absolutely everything <laughs> that our life has become. Like, like she's like, well, like, I, like, are you kidding me? Like the the just just this dramatic polar shift in our lifestyle that has occurred in the past five years yeah. that you know we've adapted to. And I'm like, yeah, that's that's really true. I mean, parenthood is that's the one. Yeah, it's so weird because I guess it's also like the stage that we're in, right? Because um, we've just had those yeah. big tectonic shifts in our house where it's we went from zero totally. to one. And a few years later, we went from one to two. Um, and so, and then, you know, it's, it's still new. It's, we still have these weird flashbacks of our honeymoon was five years ago. And we're like looking at these, oh my it was five years ago this month. And so, you know, Apple does the thing where you go? Uh, we went to Spain and, and um, yeah. Portugal and um, Apple does the <sighs> thing, right. Where like they show you like the, this day, five years ago. And it's just us just fucking drinking wine in Lisbon, <laughs> like oh, eating halibut on like uh, on the on the front oh. of the water. And, you know, oh, we love our life, love our life, love our kids. We're so lucky, dude. We have this awesome house in this beautiful city a mile and a half away from the gym. Yeah. Life is good. But man, <laughs> those fucking pictures, yeah. dude. I know. Oh. Dude, I will tell you, man, you you make fatherhood look fun and easy. Like just following you on social media, like I'm like, why can't I make pancakes that easy? <laughs> why is there like shit all over the kitchen when I try and make pancakes? You're like, nope, you just squeeze it, blah, 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 and flip it in, flip it up, and your plate. There you go. Am I gonna make you a quick salad or one? It's gonna have every fruit, every vegetable. You make it look so goddamn easy and fun. And I mean you Dude, you kill the game, man. Like you, like the screen time is uh, you managing that so well, dude. Like all of it. Like, dude, you, what are you doing? You know, What's your secret? It, that's, <laughs> tell, that's, tell the world. Yeah, again, Instagram versus reality, though. You know what I mean? Like, uh, we know, just, got, you know, know, we just went through a storm with Owen, um, and I think you know, I you know, yeah. without with respecting his privacy, um, but yeah, you know, like, yeah, we just went through a storm. You know, like Milo right now is a Velcro baby, like. We can't do yeah. anything without him being attached to one of us. It's crazy. Like that kid and that kid shits more than anybody I've ever met in my life. Like it's like <laughs> he shits so many times a day. And I'm like, you're not a newborn dude. Like you are coming up on a year. Is everything okay in there? Like he is a poop making machine. Sorry to our listeners. Um, so yeah, dude, like, no, it, dude, it, listen, <laughs> it's real. It's fucking real over here. One of the most fascinating things to me, I'm sorry, we're going down this like this rabbit hole of children's poop. But yeah. one of the most fascinating things to me, dude, is Shia. She's tiny. She <laughs> I has, know where this is going. She takes shit <laughs> that the log is the size of her fucking leg. How is that a yeah. thing? I'll be like, baby, baby, come check this out. Look at this shit she just took. And she, Van is like, you're an idiot. That's disgusting. I don't want to see it. It's, I don't know why it's so fascinating to me. I'm like, how is that inside you? 
That's it's you know, incredible. I'm sorry. You're right. I, and it, well, no, you know why it is, dude? Because it's such a big deal with kids. Like their first movements, like yeah. you start, you know, in those yeah. early days, you're like, okay, are they pooping enough? What's the consistency of the poop? Like you're all concerned with that. And then once you yes. potty yeah. train them, like a you're lot of kids at, have a yeah. really hard time pooping. Um, they can pee on the toilet, no problem. Yeah. But like the poop becomes a challenge. Um, and then like, there's, there's just a lot of stuff around it, man. And so like, you know, and then also like when your kids poop, like you're also like, Hey man, good job. Cause it's hard for them sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, it is gross, but it's also like, it's such a weird, yeah. it's such a weird thing too. Like, speaking of adaptation, right? Like Blake five years ago yeah. would be like, yeah. I am not interested in that. I'm not going to be that kind of parent. This is around talks. To, to our <laughs> massive listenership about my kids' bowel movements, but you know, here we fucking are. Sorry, Taylor. Sorry, you Taylor. have to listen to this. All right. <laughs> oh man, it's so funny. Um, yeah, dude. So, uh, you know, yeah. Anyways, all of this is to say, Becca came came out and she's like, "Yeah, dude. Fucking every part of our life has changed." Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something, dude. You know, like. You know, we, Van and I are fortunate. I mean, we have a, a bit of a cheat code in our house in that, you know, her, her parents moved in with us. And so, you know, it's easier for us to kind of get away and, and go on little date nights if we need to and stuff. You know, how do you, how do the two of you guys find time for the two of you? And I know we, we chatted a little bit about this before we jumped yeah. on, but like, how, how are you able to, are you able to, like, what is, what is like, you time look like in this new world that you guys have for the two of you? So, right. So it doesn't, we don't have us time. Um, and it's, and it's a big problem. Um, and you know, I think we slated it to circumstance for years. Um, and now we're getting into a Mm -hmm. position where we can't really do that anymore. We can't really say like, you know, first it was COVID and then, yeah. And then, uh, you know, then we were like isolated up in the Bay Area. We didn't have anybody to look for, look after our kids. And we got down here. You know, anybody didn't have a sitter. We have a newborn. Um, and I, it's gotten to the point where like, we're just, we're, we're one, we really need it. Um, and we talk about yeah. it. So like, that's a big part too. I think that parents can go through this thing where they're just like, they just let it go. And then um, somebody said this yeah. to me. It might have been you. I don't know. Uh, you know, paying for a sitter is cheaper than paying for a divorce. Um, and uh-huh. I think often people, and I'm not the guy to give marriage advice. It's not this week in husbandhood yeah. that I do on the internet. Um, <laughs> because I think that, you know, <laughs> in this season of our life, it was it's something we've always said. This season, this yeah. season, this season, we chalk it up to suddenly this season becomes yeah. years and years, you know, and you're like, oh, wow. Totally. So, so you get one, comfortable, like, right? You get comfortable yeah. in, that, in that. Totally. And I saw that question on here on our outline before yeah. and I was like, oh, man, I'm yeah. going to give Uday the most depressing answer, which is that like we're working on it um, and like no, we really right, are man. working on it, you know? Yeah. So, Yeah. You know, and like all honestly, like it doesn't have to be you guys a want to lot. come over for a game night, <laughs> kind of. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, come over for a game ha- night, dude. Bring the kids, yeah, let them play. We should, we game should night do at it. the Mahultras, yeah. Um, and oh, you know, whatever, you know, and loves, loves, loves your place. Um, and mm-hmm. your kids are sweet with the baby, so um, 
but uh, I was going to say that like one, it doesn't have to be big stuff. Like it doesn't have to be like, Hey, we're going out to sushi exactly. and like, uh, a, you know, a show. Um, but you got to put the effort in and, um, and yeah. we're getting better at putting the effort in. And that could just be like, you know, one night Becca, man, I don't want to like blow up her spot, but like, you know, it had been a rough week or whatever. And she got like the, the nugget, which is like the kind of this cushion that our kid has. And like, she set it up out in the living room on the floor, put candles out and like yeah. sparkling water and snacks and like had a little setup. And it was like, you know, turned off the TV, didn't look at our phones and, um, and had like a little, date in the living room and like as depressing as that may sound to maybe some of our young listeners like doing something like that is like man it goes such a long way and like we do little things like scratch each other's backs right like you know i we never you know never come back to from the kitchen in the morning without two cups of coffee right like basic shit where it's like you know we're always cooking for each other we're always looking at but that's like surviving that's not like thriving in your relationship yeah. Well, dude, I'll tell you, I mean, even having kids and babysitters in a house. <laughs> no, dude, no, no, no. Look, it was it was honest and it was real. It was, it was great. You know, I mean, even having built-in babysitters that live with us, it's hard to find time to get away because you're so fucking tired all the time. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's so hard to get away, even for us. You know what I mean? Like, we have the ability to. And there was Friday nights. I'm like, yeah, you just want to throw on some on TV? All right, let's just do that. You know what I mean? Like the kids yeah. are asleep. Her parents are there to watch. I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm done today. All right, let's just hang out and like do something together quietly at home. You know, like I feel you, man. Yeah. But, you know, I think you're right. It is important that once in a while that we we prioritize each other and force ourselves out of the fucking house, out of the house. Even if it's just like, you know, going down the street to like whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I have a question for you because yeah. your kids are a little bit older than mine. Yeah, um, what are some changes that you would be like, hey, Blake, here's a heads up. Here's what's coming down the pipeline for you, you know? Um, yeah communication is a big one, right? Like communication is just getting so good with yeah. us and, and Owen right now. It's so cool, but that also adds a whole bunch of other things, right? Yeah. I mean, you said it, it's communication, dude. I mean, words always matter, right? They matter more as they get older mm-hmm. and they're able to kind of form opinions and jump to conclusions and make judgments and they matter. They always matter and they matter more as they get older. And so, you know, I've had to be very, very incredibly intentional about the way I speak to the girls and what I say and how I say it. And it's hard, man. It's, it's hard sometimes, you know, we're struggling with Malena a little bit right now. She's eight. She just turned eight in November. And, I don't want to say she's testing the boundaries, but she's like, she's behaves a little defiant sometimes and um, in her words and in her behavior. And I mean, I don't want to always feel like I'm correcting something, 
You know, like I don't want to always feel like I don't want her to have that experience with me where, ah, fuck, dad's got to say, papa's got something to say about, you know, me being late for this or papa's got something to say about me not doing X, Y, and Z, right? Like I don't want that to be our relationship. And so we're struggling a little bit about that with that right now because I don't want that to be her experience. I don't want that to be our experience together. And it's a bit of a double-edged sword because the behavior has to be corrected. Yeah, man. I think you know? so. Like, I think that's so relatable I, I, to so many parents, dude. Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah, for man. me, like that just, you just saying yeah. that just felt like a weight was lifted off of me. Cause it's like, I've had that feeling about Owen, right? Like we've had these yeah. days that are just so hard. Yeah. This, it was just some behavioral stuff, you know, it's nothing crazy. It's like, Hey man, stop trying to put your brother in the garbage disposal and not literally. Um, <laughs> and you're like, God, I've just said no to him all day long. I've just said no all day long and yeah. that's, I don't want him just to think of me as the no guy, you know? And then like you try and come up with, especially us, yeah. you know, we're like, we're fucking space hippies. So we're like always trying to come up with these like gentle corrections, you know, and like this, not that and redirection and stuff. Yeah, man. Um, but at some point, you know, it tips, you know, first generation gentle parents over here. Like we're not fucking killing it. So <laughs> it's like doing the best we can, man. That's very relatable. I mean- yeah. Yeah. And and I think the, as I was thinking about this, like this episode and just like what that means and like what it means to adapt. Yeah. And one of the things I kind of landed on, dude, was, you know, the idea of, of growing with them and acknowledging to myself that I don't know everything and I won't, I won't ever know everything. Yeah. You know, and as they grow, I'm going to grow and learn alongside with them. And what happens when you learn? You fail along the way. And that's how you get better. And you never want to think about parenting as failing your way to success, right? Yeah. You never want, I never want to step in a pile of shit when I'm, when I'm fathering my children. But I also have to accept the fact that it's going to happen time to time. And the more I can learn from those moments, to strengthen the relationship I have with my daughters, the better it'll, it'll be for all of us, you know? And, and also just, you know, in the journey of accepting that I don't know everything, lean on the people who do know much more than me, just like jujitsu. Yeah. Right. Like I talk about fatherhood in this podcast with you, but the reality is, dude, I'm, I mean, both of us, we're learning as we go. We're learning on the fly. We are, we say it all the time. We're white belts in fatherhood. And so I, use this, utilize this podcast just as much of an outlet to, to talk about kind of what I'm going through as much as it is to share with other people who, you know, might be experiencing something similar, right? Like, so I think it's super important that for me, that I lean on people who have been there, done that, seen it and have recommendations, right? Like not every situation is going to be the same. Every kid's different. Every parent's different. Every household's different. And I think there's information you can glean from all those, like, lived experiences yeah, for sure oh man um a lot there i just you know it reminds me of yeah. uh so there's just one anecdote that i wanted to give about um about adapting as a parent um and it also yeah. kind of it speaks first of all dude that's such a good way of putting it like you know we're we're you know and i've said this before but you know like 
they're raising us as much as we're raising them. Like this is my first time being a 40 year old, you know, like just as much as it's my son's first time being a four year old, you know, in a couple of months. And, you know, we're, we're both going through it together. Um, and you, you know, gotta give yourself the grace, but also like, yeah, that's it. Like you feel like the stakes are kind of high, you know, um, you don't want to mess it up in a way that like has some serious lasting effect. Um, but in terms of like looking, I feel like, go ahead. No, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I cut you off. I was going to say, uh, like, you know, looking to other people, um, and adapting as a parent, like when we first had Owen, um, you know, we're days in like days in maybe three or four days in. And, um, he is like a really, in this first, the first week he was having a really hard time just because he wasn't getting enough calories in. And, um, I remember I had read so much stuff about like, um, pacifiers and binkies and like how, you know, they're, they're, yeah. not good for kids they create dental problems it's a bad habit like all this stuff it's really hard to break and i'm like oh cool like well you don't have to quit if you don't start so we just won't use them you know we'll just be we'll just be disciplined about it you know yeah. no problem yeah. and then uh we get home from the hospital and just oh and poor guys just can't be subtle he's really uncomfortable because he's not getting enough calories in and becca's like we'll just give him a pacifier and i'm like oh fuck like we're a day in and we're already quitting on this pacifier thing like come <laughs> on god like this is how it's gonna be you know and i was like like it was like i was so bummed and i texted my friend yeah. joseph and i still have shout out to joseph ice and just got his purple belt um that i i nice. <laughs> i had this text screenshotted from joseph where i was like all right man what, what are your thoughts on pacifiers and he's like my thought is whatever works fucking do it man <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like yeah. no no no. if it works it works just do it like don't Fucking get yourself do in a weird headspace because of some shit you read on the internet by somebody who doesn't have to parent your yeah. kid <laughs> it's like yeah okay next it's so funny you say that because dude that, that's such an interesting anecdote because i'll tell you i had the same exact feeling about pacifiers oh, and I didn't want to give either of my children, I didn't want to give Milena a pacifier at all. And Van was getting really fed up with me. And she's like, why? Why can't we give her this child a pacifier? And I said, I don't know. My parents never wanted us to have pacifiers. And my little sister never had a pacifier. My mom was very adamant about that. And Van looked at me and said, was your mom the perfect mother? I mean, look, I love my mom. Was she the perfect mother? No. Does she know everything? No. Does she make mistakes along the way? Yes. Okay. Is she the end all be all of, of knowledge around around pacifiers? No. Then why the fuck are you leaning on that advice, dude? Like, uh, there's plenty of evidence to say the contrary. Just give this goddamn kid a pacifier. Yeah. All right, give her the pacifier. You win, baby. You win. So, yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'll say, as, as I was kind of like thinking through this, you know, I kind of landed on the idea of like, you know, as long as you lead with support for your kids and love, you'll probably find yourself on the right side of yeah. of whatever parenting looks like, right? Like, and that's kind of where my North Star is, right? Am I being supportive? Am I leading with love and support? And if that's my North Star, then I'll probably find myself in a good place as a father. Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that was intense. Yeah, man. Oh, man. Um, I feel like that was therapy. Oh, man. Nah, I love it. It's real. <laughs> it's real, dude. I know. Oh, okay. Um, 
do you want to uh want to have a snack man brother <laughs> i thought you'd never ask <laughs> so so van as we were setting up van brought me this beautiful dish of snacks and she prepared this she's like hey let me know what time you're going to be on i got to warm this up for oh you my God. it's going to be better when it's warm snack in front it of is, you at 10:40 I have a hot snack in front of me. Ah, dude, I know. <laughs> and it's it's covered. It's in a plate and it's covered with a napkin. So I have no idea what it is that I'm about to open up into. She also told me she texted me a picture of the box so that I do know what it is once I eat it. Okay. So are you okay. ready for this Blake Kazmaier? Let's go. Let's go. Right. <laughs> oh, this is interesting. All right. So it looks like two little like fluffy things sitting on a cracker it almost looks like have you ever been to um starbucks and eaten their oh yeah like egg bite things oh yeah like it kind of looks like that sitting on a cracker but so i'm looking at her text now these are from trader joe's thai coconut pancakes and it looks fucking amazing so i'm gonna dive uh, into this thing that right sounds now delicious We had we had Brussels oh, sprouts and chicken breast for dinner. So whatever you're having, man. <laughs> Blake, okay. I don't like coconut. Okay. I fucking like the snack. <laughs> There's no way this is healthy. There's no way this is healthy. All right, so are we? Are we but dealing with fuck? Like- this is good. <laughs> is this like a pastry? All right. It's it's it kind of. I'm going to turn my camera back on so you can see it. I have to go camera off because of internet bandwidth issues, ladies and gentlemen. But the camera is back on so Blake can see. I will do my best to describe this for you guys. But it is kind of a pastry. It's it's yeah. sweet and it's crunchy and it's fluffy on top. And look, you know, I, the last episode I gave a really bad snack uh, – unfairly high score i think i gave it a six something it was the the passion fruits chia seed bullshit yada 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 and i think i gave it a six something i'm bringing that down to like a three points three point three and upon further review this my guy this is (laughs) this is seven two bro this is a 7-2. Nice. And I'll say again, I do not like coconut. This is a 7-2. Easily. Do you like right coconut? Yeah, oh, man, right on. I love coconut. Yeah. And you know what's funny is Owen. You will like this. Uh, you will like yeah. this. Yeah. Owen, Owen likes coconut, but he tells people he doesn't. And I'm like, you do like it. If I don't what? tell you it's coconut, it's the what? weirdest shit, dude. Why? It's the weirdest thing. I don't know. It happened because there was like a, there was a thing. A, okay, so because he, he, here's the, here's how it happened. This is such a fucking kid thing. So we had like there was a carton of he likes coconut milk, vanilla coconut milk, and there was a carton that like had a coconut on it that wasn't exactly the one that he got because the one that he got was like out at Trader Joe's. And so I was like, oh, but we'll get this one. He's like, no, 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 I don't like coconuts. I want the one that I get. I'm like, buddy, what you get is coconut milk. And he's like, nah, I think I, I think I know what I like, dad. 
I think I know that don't like coconuts. And I'm like, I, okay, buddy, but the thing that we get every single time that comes from a coconut, it just doesn't have a coconut on it. It says co- you can't read. And um, and so he just tells people he doesn't like coconuts, but he does. But uh, then he'll eat the shit out of coconuts. Though. Yeah, yeah. Um, you guys should get this. I, I think you will both like it. Awesome. It's It's really good. <laughs> All right, dude. Um, let's. Do you have a snack today? Uh, I don't have a snack today, dude. You know what I was eating before this, though? I was All eating right. the uh, the Trader what? Joe's Scandinavian Swimmers, the um, the uh, <sighs> basically so Swedish fish, um, the gummy. Yeah, and there's always yeah. what I love about those is there's always a disproportionate number of red ones in there, and it's probably the kind that have like the red dye uday that you have a a personal um, uh, yes. uh, that you have a problem with. Yes. But there's Vendetta. always a disproportionate number of yes. red lobsters in the bag. Oh, man, it's great. I mean, the other ones are great, right? There's like an orange and like a dolphin that's like blue and a, another color. But there's just so many red ones. And like the red flavor for me has always been the coveted flavor. So I just – I love that. Like, Oh, of course. Yeah. I don't – yeah, it's weird. It's weird why that is. Oh, man. Um, cool, man. Dude, Let's. Uh, we gotta get Trader Joe's to sponsor us. <laughs> no shit. This, this I is think you're doing okay. Trader Joe's. Trader Joe. Uh, <laughs> we, Taylor Swift, get on the phone with Trader Joe's <laughs> on our behalf. Oh man. Whew. Please. Uh, I was going to say, let's uh, let's pay some bills and talk about yeah. our awesome sponsor. Uh, let's do it. Fluid Tactical let's Electrolyte Drink Mix. Um, guys, if you train, you sweat. And if you sweat, you need to replenish yourself. And it's particularly if you sweat to the degree that jujitsu athletes do, you need to put something more in your bottles than water. Not every time, but definitely, you know, after you train – you got to get something else in there, some some electrolytes, uh, some potassium, uh, and maybe even some some uh, something that tastes good, which is why we're talking to you today about fluid. Uh, so fluid is a um, hydration mix uh, that comes in its own super easy to use um, little individual packets uh, that you can just dump into a 16 ounce water bottle, shake up and drink right there on the side of the mat uh, after you're done with training. Um, It uh, helps you hydrate better than anything else, replaces the minerals that are lost in sweat without excess sugar uh, or any added junk. Um, It's used by firefighters, construction workers, solar farmers, oil fields, and anyone uh, working hard under the heat and stress. And guys, we've we've all cramped up during training, um, but this stuff was designed by professionals using real science, and this is a great way to prevent any of that cramping, fighting dehydration during those really tough training sessions, post-training, pre-training. if you're working outside, you know, especially on a hot summer day, right? Like this is a great way to help prevent cramping. Um, it is made in our backyard, the good old US of A. Uh, all of the ingredients are sourced here um, and they are all GMP inspected and approved. Uh, sorry, they're all made in a GMP inspected and approved facility in Los Angeles. So right around the corner and they're delicious. There's five fruity flavors to choose from. Um you can buy a variety pack. They're available on Amazon.com if you just look up Fluid Tactical uh, Electrolyte Mix, or you could find them on LiveFluid.com. 
back to the regularly scheduled programming, guys. Thank you for for our for <laughs> listening to our I, our ad reads. It is really good stuff. It is good stuff, dude. It's solid. It's so good, though. Yeah, I I love I love it. Yeah. legit. I like I look forward to drinking it. And so. if you want to know a secret, um, yeah. so they have a, they have it with a in with sugar and without sugar. And the sugar is pretty minimal. It's like fifteen calories um, a vial. It's like negligible. But um, we, we will if we're having a hard time getting Owen to drink. We call it juice and we just put like a super watered down version of it in a little mm-hmm. cup of water and be like, hey, buddy, you want some juice because we don't drink juice in our house. And he's like, oh, for sure. And he just puts it down. Um, and there's nothing bad in it that's you know going to hurt your kid. If anything, it's good. Um, and so, yeah, dude, like it's great for kids. So it's, it's like a healthy alternative to like nice. the apple juice and the orange juice and all that fun fucking Capri Sun. Oh, man, I love yeah. it. I wish we just yeah. had fridges stocked full uh, of it with we're boring parents. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah, but that's also why you have like a 35 pack oh abs. Dude. I love how the number of abs that I have increases every time you talk about my increases. <laughs> oh, thank you, man. Why do you have 75 pack <laughs> abs, Blake? Oh, um, what are you watching on TV, dude? Let's talk about pop culture for a second. Listen, man. All right, so I've got my guilty pleasure, and I shouldn't call it my guilty pleasure. It's like what I watch when I have a quick 20, 30 minutes on my on my hands, and I just need to turn my brain off. And let me tell you something. I'm re-watching Seinfeld, and it holds up. It's like silly and stupid and funny and fun, and it holds up. You know, I'm just having so much fun. Like, it's just also kind of nostalgic, yeah. you know, like catching up on those old episodes and like – yeah, the acting is like not the best, but like the storylines are so kooky, you know, and fun. And um, like it drives Van crazy because she hates he, she hates wow. it. Wow! But like Milena will like catch half an episode with me. I know, I know. I this know. is uh. And Milena will be like, "Ah, oh, this." I I, yeah. I I I know. I like Van so much. I'm having a hard time understanding that she doesn't like Seinfeld. <laughs> I, we we haven't had the talk yet about about this and i'm just afraid to broach it i just you know milena will sit down and watch like half an episode with me she's like huh jerry's pretty sensible what's wrong with kramer i'm like i know right oh uh, i'm sure we talked about but, um, this on, on the mats before but like a show where 95 percent of the plot lines wouldn't exist if there was a cell phone no I, dude, I, I said this exact same yeah. thing at least five times to other people. It's so funny you just said that. Um, but yeah, yeah have those episodes. Most of those episodes wouldn't exist with the advent of a cell phone. Um, but you Ooh. know, we, what we, one of the things we're watching together is Monarch on Apple TV. Okay. And it's, it's a show about Godzilla and like the Godzilla monsters and like that world, that universe. Yeah. And it's, Look, the acting also. There's there's moments where like, mm, okay, that the acting wasn't that great, but it's just a fantastic show so far. There's a couple awesome twists and cool like plot points. Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth a watch. All right, dude, that's totally out of my lane. I should check it out. Um, you should check it out. Yeah, I was gonna for parents. Uh, we got a new season of Bluey that just yeah. dropped. Um. I don't know if you guys are a Bluey household, Uday, but um, dude, I, 
sometimes I'll wake up on like Sunday mornings and the girls will be not laughing, but guffawing to Bluey. They'll be guffawing. And I've watched a couple episodes with them and I'm like, huh, that's actually pretty funny. I, yeah. I can mess with Bluey a little bit. It's pretty funny. So, yeah. Man, Bandit, Bandit Healer, uh, Bluey's dad, is like a, just a dad role model, man. Yes. He's so awesome. Uh, and we actually like we'll do stuff. So he like season one, I think episode three, they play this game called Keepy Uppy with a balloon. And like, dude, Owen's like, we're playing Keepy Uppy today. And like, it's it's awesome. So and he feels like Bluey and then he calls me Bandit and, you know uh calls his brother bingo like it's fun dude we it's it's great so there's that um other thing for kids this is a little bit advanced for owen but man he fucking loves it so we've been watching it is um uh a bug's life but it's called i think it's called a bug's a bug's real life or something like that so it's an action it's like almost like uh it's it's uh narrated i don't know if you know who aquafina is but aquafina narrates it yeah. And it's, it's like, um, like she's like the David Attenborough of like bugs. Um, and so it's okay. like bugs in New York city or like bugs in, uh, the rainforest. And it's like the secret life of bugs. Um, and, uh, where can I stream? Oh, this? it's Disney plus Disney plus. Yeah. Okay. And like Owen just kind of saw like a little trailer for it. And he's like, let's put that on. I'm like, this is going to gross you out, dude. We're going to watch this for two seconds. And like the way it's narrated is just so interesting. And Owen's like at a stage right now where he like really likes bugs. Bugs are really cool. Just preschool. Yeah. Um, dude, his teacher. Dude, oh my God. She's so cool. She will, you know, those like big beetles that like fly around in our neighborhoods. Yeah. yeah. She'll just yeah. reach out and catch them, hold them in her hand. And then the kids will get excited about them and they'll just crawl on the kids' hands. And I'm like, that would freak oh me. The f- that would freak me out, dude. And the fact that like <laughs> she's just so confident in it and the kids just are like, oh, she does it. So I'm going to do it. Yeah. And like I'll see like pictures of like these giant beetles just crawling up the kids' arms. And it's like, nah, man, there's no reason. Like oh if, the, if the adult isn't freaked out, the kid doesn't need to be freaked out. Anyways, and then- Have you ever uh, heard in- the show Wild Kratts? Yes. Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, Wild Kratts is great. We love the PBS shows. Yeah. Yes, yeah. dude. Yeah. That's a good one. I was gonna say too. I think he, he might be into that show. If if he likes that kind of stuff, he might be into Wild Kratts. He is into Wild Kratts, actually. So PBS actually has uh, an um an app uh that's really great for kids. It's mm. all education based oh, yeah. games yeah. and shows. And so Owen plays the Wild yep. Kratts games and he watches the the show on there. Loves it. Um, love it. And then the last thing in terms of adults, uh, we just watched, Oh, we had the most, this classic, classic, uh, streaming adults, 2024 evening where we started watching a show, um, two nights ago called it's, it's a docuseries about, um, a kidnapping that happened, a real life, you know, kidnapping, horrible story, horrifying. And, um, about a, a kidnapping that happened in very close to where we used to live up in the Bay area and sat down, watched like a 45 minute episode from like nine to nine 45 getting into bedtime for us. And Becca's like, and I'm like, okay, babe, let's just start the next episode. We ended up watching the whole thing in one sitting. <laughs> it was just like a oh, classic. Shit. We were up till midnight and it's a classic, like, Hey, do you want to watch a three hour oh. movie about this? like niche thing 
that uh, you didn't know about existed five minutes ago. And you're like, no, I'm not going to watch a three hour movie. And then like, do you want to watch a three part docuseries? <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, of course. And so, yeah. Oh uh, anyways, gosh. I recommend it. But also give yourself like three hours to watch it because you're going to get sucked <laughs> in. It's really well produced and they uh, they know what they're doing. I so, uh, actually have this show on on our list. I actually I stumbled upon it the other day and I added it immediately to our watch list. And I'm looking forward to checking it out. But uh Yeah. Oh man. If it's, is Great it depressing? Show. Is it is it depressing? Uh it's uh I mean I, I, it's about a kidnapping or a series of kidnappings. It's not going to not mm. be depressing, but um it isn't as yeah. bad as it's uh, not like you're watching a, a, the Dahmer, uh, you know, film or whatever. It's like, it ends. Yeah. Okay. You know, yeah. it ends as well as you could. Yeah, well, I don't want to tell you anything. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't end horribly. Sure. You don't, you don't leave yeah, it. Don't feeling do that. Bad. Leave it. Okay. Um, okay. But Becca did Dude, have, I, I will say there was an, Oh, go ahead. There, uh, I was just going to say there was a, no, I'm sorry. You go, you go, you go. I was going to say, Becca had weird dreams afterwards. She like got a little paranoid uh, and she never gets like ah. that, but she had like a little bit of like a, what's that noise? And I'm like, oh shit. I'm oh sorry. no. Yeah, it's on me. Uh, um, I was going to say, going back to Bluey, um, there was an episode that the girls were watching where the dad like pees on his foot and like tries to wipe it on them. And they, they saw this episode. They looked at me. I was like, nah, nah. You don't ever have to worry about that for me, dude. Like, I'm not going to piss on my foot and then wipe it on my children. Like, nah, don't worry about the kids. Oh, man. They just looked at me like, for real, bro? Is this is this something you, you, you're going to do? I'm like, no, 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 no. I'm not that guy. Oh, man. All right. With that, let's uh, let's talk about some takeaways, man. Um in terms of adaptability, what do you, what do you feel like your, your takeaways are this week? Yeah, man. Yeah. I think as I kind of, as I mentioned earlier, right? Like change is inevitable. Change will always be there. And it's the ability to adjust alongside the change that will, that will keep you at least floating right? That's, it'll keep you at least floating, if not thriving, right? If you can adapt alongside that change and acknowledge the fact that you don't know everything, but actively pursue the things you don't know, you'll probably find yourself in an okay situation. And by the way, I should also mention um, one of the professors I had was Sean Williams. I, I can't believe I left him out oh, of that yeah. that monologue I gave earlier, and, uh, who's an amazing professor. Um, but also, like going back to that same thought, um, when I did finally change schools, dude, and I went to Cobrinas, even just changing buildings and a head instructor and it, just going to a different school, it was a totally different culture. You know, it was a totally different culture than where I came from. And then leaving Cobrinas and coming to a legacy, totally different culture, right? And like, you know, you, you keep parts of it with you and you adapt to the, your new settings, your new surroundings. And so being able to do that is just in, whether it's work, 
whether it's parenting, whether it's jujitsu, right? Like you're, you're staying on the pulse of things. And usually if you can do that, you, you'll find yourself okay. At least from my experience and from what I've read and from those who I've spoken with who know more than me. Yeah. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's it. Right. What you meant. Yeah. That like, you know, uh, you know, in life you, you either change or you die. <laughs> like that's life is a constant process of change. Um, and you have very little control over it. Um, but you, you know, not to be like an annoying stoic. The only thing you really can control is your, uh, reaction to it or how you, how you respond to the change. Right. Um, love that. And, and so with that, like, it's always going to be, it's always going to be a little uncomfortable. Uh, it's always going to be a little new, um, which is, which are good things. And, and, you know, it's your, it's, it's on, you have the agency, you have the power to say, um, yeah. I'm excited about this opportunity or, um, I'm, I don't want to let go of what I had in the past. And I'm going to be, I'm going to drag my feet and be super shitty about it. You know, I think all of us have had that coworker, right. Where, um, maybe you get a new boss at your job and there's that one coworker who's just like, so curmudgeonly about this new change and the new manager. And they're like, God, we will, we used to do things like this. And well, the way we used to do things is like, and it's like, Hey man, the more you talk about the way we used to do things, just the more you're going to fucking alienate yourself and the longer it's going to take you to adapt to the way things are now. And, um, both of those people live inside you. <laughs> they, both of those people live inside you all the time. And it's about nego- having that negotiation with those people, the guy who's saying, Hey man, you got to move forward. And the guy who's saying, Hey man, I like things the way they yeah. work. Right. So yeah, man. Fuck, you're a poet, dude. That was really well said too. There are two, there are two dogs inside of you and they're, yeah. Uh, oh, anyways, but anyways, so yeah. Uh, well, yeah, go ahead. I think we'd love to hear from our audience, you know, like, there are people who listen to us that know a lot more than we do and who have kids that are older than our kids and can probably guide us on things to expect. Maybe have some course correction for us, but you know, we'd love to hear from you guys. Um, people who maybe grapple longer than us, you know, like what, what advice do you guys have? What, what should we be on the lookout for? Right. Absolutely, man. Um, and uh, we, if you want to drop us a line to tell us all the answers to this, uh, please email us at uh, grapplingwithfatherhoodpod at gmail.com or just hit us up on the social media. I am at Blake of Today. Uh, Uday is at Udjitsu, um, U-D-J-I-T-S-U on Instagram. Um, Nailed it. And then, uh, or you can always uh, check out Gorilla Den. uh, And that is, Uday, you're going to have to hit hit this one for me. Gorilla.den.bjj on Instagram. And I was going to say that and I just should have gone. I should have just been confident. Anyways, uh, until next time, protect your neck. Peace.